0: By Realtor.com, the home of Home Search.
1: John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside our San Francisco studios. The Warriors beaten tonight by the Portland Trailblazers. Final of 122 to 112 as Golden State loses their fifth consecutive game. Whitey Gleason now five and twenty-four. They've lost twelve of their last 14 games with both of the victories coming against the Chicago Bulls uh, but the plucky high energy you called it
2: competitive
1: warriors were back
2: you saw it coming i have given up trying to figure this team out you said pregame that uh, given the various uh, factors uh, at work tonight you thought that we would see those plucky warriors so yes i think maybe you've figured it out i will say despite the loss nice to see the warriors bounce back from sunday although the bar obviously was very low after that loss to the Kings. Nice to see D'Angelo Russell shoot and score. He had 26 points tonight. Nice to see the Warriors take care of the basketball. They only had eight turnovers tonight. Also nice to see the trailblazers not destroy the Warriors from the three-point line. You talk a lot about the reverse standings tonight. The three-point numbers um, looked like they were reversed with the Warriors making 16 to 38 in Portland going 9 of 31 beyond the arc. So some encouraging signs from the Warriors. Obviously, a loss is a loss. The question is how much of what we saw tonight that was positive, how much of it is sustainable, how much of it is something that can be Built upon, even if it's not something that's gonna produce more wins anytime soon.
1: Eight at 0-8-9-5-7, 0. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts on this one as the Warriors get beat by the Blazers 122 to one twelve, the three-point shot really kept the Warriors yeah. in this game tonight. Uh sixteen for thirty-eight from three. They knocked down ten of the sixteen in the first half. Warriors actually got off to a really good start in this game. It was nine to two, their largest lead of the night at that point. Uh, but then it was a 13 to four Portland run as the Blazers kind of gained uh, control and and held control for a good part of the first half but the game was was just so loose. Uh, you know, not a lot of defense really being played either way, That and it was a very comfortable game for the Warriors, so they, they seemingly would knock down a couple of threes every time the game started to get a little bit out of hand. Got a couple of stops there late in the first half, and you looked up at halftime and you're thinking, wow, the Warriors probably should be down a lot more than they are. It was just a one-point game at halftime with the Blazers uh, leading by as many as 13 in that first half.
2: Yeah, and I know it was
1: 105-102
2: with seven minutes left. Portland was very comfortable as well, uh, but they won the game because, uh, of course, of their fine backcourt. C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard combining for 61. And Hassan Whiteside tonight
1: had 23 rebounds for
2: the Portland Trail Blazers.
1: How about that? Yeah, and Portland also offset some of the three-point shooting by getting to the free throw line. They had an 11-point advantage uh, at the free throw line, although they only shot 5 more free throws. One of the stories of this game was the Warriors excellent shooting the three ball, but they were very poor at the free throw line, just 14 for 23, and uh doing the math, the Warriors as good as they were from three-point range, 25 of 65. Shooting from two point range. So 38.5% on twos as the Warriors shoot 42.1% from three point range. And they were actually pretty close to 50% the whole night up until a few misses late in the game. I know
2: that Eric Paschal had such a great game against Portland on November 4th that we were hoping for more big things tonight. What was he, uh, 34 and 13? Yeah. Yeah, on November 4th. Well, tonight he didn't do anything close to that. But you know what? Considering that he's coming back from an injury in uh, 18 minutes, 11 points, four rebounds, two
1: assists, that's not bad at all. Uh, I also liked seeing a much more aggressive D'Angelo Russell in the game tonight. We were calling for that.
2: Yeah, he heard you.
1: I I, want to see him shoot it 20 times. Uh, At this point, the the nights where he goes two for nine and looks a little disengaged or, you know, I don't know if it's disengaged or whether it's trying to follow the plan. Uh, Look, if you're the Golden State Warriors, you need D'Angelo Russell on this team uh, as depleted as they are by injury. You need him going for 25 to 30 points every single game. It's unacceptable to me for him to have those games where he's, Two for nine, scoring 12, 14 points, even if teams are trying to take him out of the game. You have to make sure that you're keeping your options open as far as D'Angelo Russell. So seeing him be aggressive and energetic and shooting the basketball, even though he'll take some ill-advised shots... I think that's what you definitely want to see, see everybody else kind of fanning out and playing around him, and it, it can work. You had Glenn Robinson knocking down threes. You had Alec Burks knocking down threes, but I think the tone was really set by a much more aggressive and engaged D'Angelo Russell. For this team, this talent level, that's what you got to see from him.
2: D'Angelo Russell tonight attempted 23 shots, 23 field goals. Uh, he took more shots than anybody else in the entire game. He attempted 12 three-pointers. He attempted more three-pointers than anybody else in the entire game. But I agree with you. He had 26 points. If he's going to be on your team, if you're going to have him on the roster, especially this roster, if you don't have him shooting the ball a lot, why do you have him? And to his credit, he also had seven assists tonight for the Warriors.
1: Look, he's the best player on this Warriors team. You need him acting like the best player on the team on a night-in, night-out basis. Put the ball in his hands. Let him go to work. And you know what? Uh, If – it's an off night for him. You know, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. No. He was five for 12 from three point range, but he didn't shoot the ball. Well still puts up 26 points. Yeah. He's a minus 13, but you know what? That's a product of the talent level. I think as a whole on this Warriors team, he's the best player. Make sure if you're, you know, cause if everything is going to be about how things fit for next year, I think it's twofold with the Russell. It's, It's does D'Angelo Russell find a niche on this Warriors team for next year, or does D'Angelo Russell maintain a high trade value, which helps the Warriors in terms of players that will actually be on this roster next year? So tonight, you at least accomplished the latter of that. Keep that trade value up by having him fill up the scoring column on the stat sheet.
2: You know, I love to nitpick when it comes to D'Angelo Russell's game. I'd like to see him get to the line a little bit more. Four free throws tonight. You know, you compare his night— to Dame Lillard, and that's not co- he, fair to compare anyone to Damian Lillard. He's phenomenal, but Lillard got to the line 13 times. Russell attempted four free throws tonight, so I would like to see him get to the line a little bit
1: more. He avoids contact, doesn't he? He avo- uh, and I, some of those some of those may. shots that you mentioned you know, a couple of nights ago. He just he works his way around contact rather than kind of going up and accepting the contact and and trying to get himself to the line.
2: Yeah, I'd like to see him get to the line a little bit more, but I think we agree if he's on the roster, if he's on the floor uh, with this uh, offensively challenged bunch, he's got to be taking a lot of shots.
1: 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search warriors lose tonight to the Blazers, 122-112. Up in Portland, as uh, the Blazers able to avenge uh, one of their uh, losses early in the year with the Warriors beating the Blazers back uh, in November at Chase Center. Uh, Portland able to get that back, and Portland climbing the ranks of the. Right uh, there, right there. Knocking Knocking on that playoff door. Knocking on that playoff door with uh, what they're up to 12 and 16 now, and I believe Sacramento at 12 and 15. They are currently in eighth. Uh, Oklahoma City had a, a big uh, comeback. They've now come back from 20 down in consecutive games at home to work their way within one of 500. So you still still only have, I think, 13 teams in the NBA out of 30 that are above 500, but you've got a, a tightening of that Western Conference race with the Blazers who just dug an awful hole for themselves figuring out a way to get a win tonight.
2: I'm glad you brought up Oklahoma City They had kind of a team-building thing they did before the game. And did it help them come from 26 down to win tonight against Memphis? I don't know. But Ryan and Alex and I just wanted to make sure you knew that Chris Paul bought suits for all his teammates. And Ryan and Alex and I thought you should be aware that it was a great team-building exercise for Chris Paul to buy suits for all the guys on his team. Isn't that nice this time of year? We just thought, hey, we should let... JD know about that and how great that was and what a great team building exercise it was.
1: Yeah, it's great and and you yeah. know what? It's it's also good when you can knock down a little twelve footer. Yeah, a little twelve foot pull up. So we thought you
2: should and the guys on your team. You know, maybe you do something like that for the guys on your team. I, yeah. don't, I don't
1: know. That's neither here nor there. Well, we still we just, have. I mean, we still have how many? One, two. We got a few games before Christmas. That's still, true. To go. That's true. So, yeah, uh, but I'm glad it, you may, brought up the thunder. That may or may not be in the <laughs> in the works between now and uh, a week from tonight uh, when we'll be doing Warriors wrap-up from Chase Center following the Christmas game uh, against the Houston Rockets. I look
2: forward to it. Big win for the Thunder,
1: and they're a surprise, right, the fact that they're right there in that playoff picture. Yeah, I I think so. Although when you look at their starting lineup. It's not bad. It's not a bad – it is, I think, in this – era, if you will, of the Western Conference, which is pretty mediocre once you get past the top six teams because the Warriors are out, Portland's dug a hole, San Antonio's dug an even bigger hole than Portland has dug as two teams that you would have figured to be in, I, at least Portland. I would have thought Portland was a lock to be in. San Antonio may have been a little bit more iffy, uh, but yeah, Oklahoma City, I think, in, in a Western Conference where you could maybe get in with 39 wins, uh, I, I think Oklahoma City is is good enough. Uh, to possibly make it in.
2: I like to watch certain players on Portland. I don't like to watch them as a team. Uh, tip of the cap, they got the win tonight. Dame Lillard's phenomenal. Uh, it, it's very interesting to see what Carmelo's doing. C.J. McCollum, of course, is rock solid. He's got two 30-point games in a row, and Whiteside had 23 rebounds. That said, I still just don't feel like this team, are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know, but if if they do, and I still would not bet on them to make it. But if they do, I don't think they're going to get far. Watching them tonight, um, their offense just, they don't create easy shots. And then they, they end up taking a lot of threes. They're not a bad three-point shooting team. But when the threes aren't falling, you can see uh, they end up, it just looks like, wow, here comes another three-pointer. Okay, Dame Lillard's getting uh, board here. He's going to shoot a 30-footer. I just don't think that's sustainable.
1: Yeah, Port, Portland, I think, does get in just as long as nothing happens to Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum. If one of them go down for a month or a month and a half, something like that, they're in big trouble. And, and at that point, I would say, okay, they probably won't make it. I, I think that the days of them you know, even contending for anything more than a seven seed are done for this year. I think that's the best they can possibly do. And if you are looking at them maybe playing a Lakers or a Clippers in the first round, it's going to be a quick exit in what will probably amount to a lost season. But they've got so much invested in those two players and in in Nurkic, who's coming back from an injury. They kind of took on Whiteside as a a stopgap. Uh, but, but you look at, at everything they have invested, they don't really have a choice other than to just try to suck it up and get that seventh seed, even if it puts them in kind of a you know at the top of a, a real tier of mediocrity, let's say from seven all the way down to maybe 11 or 12, when you start talking about teams like Oklahoma City and, and Sacramento, uh, and if you want to include Phoenix or Minnesota. You know, Memphis, you that was can. a bad
2: loss for them because they were
1: actually starting to creep into the picture too. Yeah, they were, although I, I find it you know, hard to take them seriously. I put them more in the Phoenix, Minnesota category of, of teams that have some young talent but just aren't, aren't going to have nearly enough to even put themselves in the conversation with some of those other teams I, when it's all said and done. I may agree with that, but I just think for
2: a team like that, if they're able to win enough games even early to, to just put them in – some of those games that have early playoff ramifications, I think, if anything, that could actually accelerate the growth, and I think it's healthy for them. And uh, they were starting to approach that. So this was a bad loss for them
1: tonight. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here as the Warriors lose to the Blazers. 122-112 is the final tonight from Portland. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. There was a... Uh, Familiar Warriors face that didn't see the court tonight. We'll get into that coming up here uh, and also uh, hear from a couple of the Warriors players post-game from the Moda Center in Portland as Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com. The home of home search rolls on here on 95.7 The Game.
0: Now, back to Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game.
1: John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you. 888-957-9570. 8 957 9570 Warriors lose to the Blazers tonight in Portland. 122-112 is the final in this one. Golden State now 5-24. and They have dropped five consecutive games. We'll take a look at the reverse standings. Ah! coming up here between now and 11 o'clock. Still time for some phone calls if you want to chime in on this one. Uh, Whitey, uh, Kavon Looney, somebody that uh, didn't see the floor tonight for the Warriors, a DNP coach's decision and hearing Steve Kerr Talk about Looney after the ball game, and, and saying, ah, it's hard to play 12 guys. Trying to work him back in conditioning-wise. They've got a lot of other bigs right now that they want to develop or get a look at, and that Steve Kerr considers Kavon Looney uh, one of the you know the, the the mainstays on this team, like a Stephen Curry or a Clay Thompson or, or a Draymond Green that you want to make sure is healthy and ready more for next year. Uh, it sounds like. We've got a little bit of a shift in terms of where Kavon Looney is at and and just how much we may see him here in the near future.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed on that. Kavon Looney played against the Kings Sunday, played 11 minutes. He was 0 for 5, and I know that we have talked about how apparent it is that he's laboring up and down the floor. Steve Kerr talked about him needing to get into basketball shape, as you uh, mentioned. I hope that's all it is. He's had, as we know, uh, neuropathy in his hamstring. He has attempted to uh, treat that in part by adjusting his diet. So that's my hope is that this is just a matter of him needing more time to get into shape, rather than him still dealing with the neuropathy. So fingers crossed on that.
1: Yeah, and and I think you you just hope that that you know this is something that doesn't become an issue that can't get you know under control right. for next year. And we really don't know enough about it
2: to say but yes, I'm with you all the way on that.
1: It just if you listen to Steve Kerr's answer there in the post game, it was a little it was a little telling. At least it makes you wonder if there's some more concern about what's going on with Kevon Looney than than meets the eye as far as what he's been is coming back from. And you're right. I mean, he's somebody. Look, you don't want to mess. Anytime we talk about you know the the mainstays, as Steve Kirk called them, whether it's Curry or Clay Thompson or, or even Draymond who's playing right now, maybe D'Angelo Russell. Uh, but the goal is on April 15th when this season ends to make sure that everybody that you want to be a part of next year's team is healthy and ready to go going into what would actually be a six-month offseason for the first time in a long time.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it meant anything, but I think it was the Bulls game. It was either the Bulls game that they won or the Charlotte game that week. And Bob Fitzgerald on TV talked about a Kevon Looney play where he went up and laid the ball up, and it barely made it over the front of the rim. And he alluded to, well, it's going to take him maybe till next year, till he's you know, back in uh, basketball shape and back playing the way he used to play. And I'm thinking, that's a long time. So my fear is that, you know, that is the condition is really still affecting him. But like I said, we don't really know. Uh, Let's hope that's not the case.
1: Uh, On the big man front, Marquise Chris, another double-double for him. His third double-double of the season, 10 points, 10 boards. Uh, Chris has a double-double now in three of the last four games. And and he... He made an impact on the game again tonight. He's somebody that, uh, you know, he he's he's playing in place of Looney, and a couple of guys are playing, if Kevon Looney is not, that the Warriors want to get a look at. And, and Chris, Chris brought it tonight.
2: Yeah, I asked the question earlier how much of what we saw from the Warriors in terms of positives can be built upon. I think two things jump out tonight. One of them is uh, Marquise Chris, who continues to play well. And I thought – Glenn Robinson was the other uh, real positive that hopefully uh, can be built upon. With 17 points tonight, hit five of seven three-pointers. And Glenn, both these guys, actually, GR3 and Marquise Chris, are rehabilitating their careers in front of our very eyes.
1: Let's go ahead and hear from Marquise Chris uh, after the ball game tonight as he met with the media up at Moda Center in Portland.
3: I think the biggest thing for us is just having some continuity in our offense, you know, not just standing around and, you know, kind of letting people ISO and things like that. And, um, you know, we do have great ISO players, but I think it, it benefits us better when everybody's spacing the floor and we're passing the ball and moving around. Defensively, they shot, or they shot 60% in the first quarter, and then, you know, they ended up shooting 42% or something. Was mm-hmm. that just a matter of them not making as many shots today, or do you, guys, do you feel like you guys improved defensively as they came over? I think both. Uh, You know, we messed up in some coverages early. Uh, You know, we came into halftime and we we talked about it and and we discussed things that we needed to fix. Um, But also, you know, it's just the flow of the game. You know, some shots aren't going to keep falling that fall early. Um, You know, but they they play well, so. Does that feel kind of new going into halftime, talking about the adjustments and then actually executing the adjustments as opposed to maybe not so much in the past? No, I wouldn't even say it's new. I just think Mm -hmm. it's us having more maturity I think and just continue to develop and you know understand the NBA game and realize that you have to make mid-game adjustments for some teams Um, you know that's the way that this team has been you know they've had great players and they've been able to adjust on the on the fly. With that maturity what do you
2: think you guys are are doing to give yourself
3: I think we're just competing. That's really the biggest thing, I think, just trying to manage the game as best as we can. You know, there's some games earlier in the season where we just, like, get away from us, and then we try to fight our way back, and you can't play uphill the whole game. So, you know, I think, like I said, just managing the game. What do you
2: see as far as the connection D'Angelo and Willie collier
3: making right now? Mm-hmm. No, nah, I mean, it, I love watching it. It's fun. You know, Willie's running hard, really setting screens, and he's getting D'Angelo open, and D'Angelo's rewarding him. So, you know, it's fun to watch
4: connection
3: like off the court with the or hang out with at all? Yeah that's my dog man uh we talk pretty much every day you know outside of the, the arena uh, I'll go over there sometimes and just watch some games with him. Um, hey. Nah, but that's my guy.
1: Alright so Marquis Chris there uh, talking about the Angelo Russell talking about uh, competing and having it translate into more success. you know Steve Kerr going back a couple of games said, hey, the wins are coming. I like the way this team is competing. Uh, I think that was after the the last truly competitive loss before this one. That was the game in Salt Lake City uh, before the Warriors had played what Sacramento uh, on Sunday and that game was sandwiched in between. Really three, I think, of the worst home efforts that we've seen from this team this season. How does this get translated into, hey, you got the Pelicans who just broke a 13-game losing streak coming in on Friday night. You got the Timberwolves who haven't beat anybody for the entire month of December coming in after that. Yeah, they, they've lost eight in a row. They're the team that lost to the Pelicans. And tonight. they are O yeah. for December. Yeah. They are O for December at this point. So uh you've got two teams that that haven't been winning a lot. The Warriors haven't been winning a lot. Uh and and you know it, it's time for the effort to match the opponent. Uh and and that's how you wind up figuring out a way to get a win. Uh we've left some of these games at Chase Center a little bit frustrated, I think, uh the last you know, couple of games, last couple of weeks, because you're thinking, okay, the Knicks, Memphis, uh, even a team like Sacramento's coming in, there should be an opportunity to get a win if you can play the kind of game you played tonight. The reality, though, is when you've got a five and twenty-four team, that's much easier said than done, and often doesn't translate. The Pelicans, though, are seven and twenty-two with their win tonight. Seven
2: and twenty-two.
1: Well, and the Knicks had won four games. Yeah, I know. I mean, they they were, I think, four and twenty at the point where, where they came in. Uh, you know, Memphis hadn't won again. I think they'd lost nine in a row at that point. Uh, when And they've been playing better since then. Uh, but you look at a couple of teams that have snapped long, you know, losing streaks against the Warriors. The Hawks, what, a 10-game streak? Twice teams have broken 10-game losing streaks against the Warriors this season. So, uh, The look, Warriors have to – the answer to your question is, how, how do you win a
2: game? The Warriors have to basically do everything right. I mean, look at tonight. They shot uh, threes, 42%. They made 16 of them. That's phenomenal for them, right? They only had eight turnovers. That's phenomenal for them. They Either they defended the three-point line well or Portland didn't make threes. Either way, uh, that's a positive for the Warriors. But they just didn't shoot the ball well overall, 39.8%, and they missed a lot of free throws. So given... Um, the challenges that Steve Kerr faces with this roster, they pretty much have to do everything right to have a chance to win.
1: And and the Warriors have struggled mightily from from three-point range in a lot of games. Uh, they do have a season-high 16 three-pointers made. They had a 21-point advantage in terms of the three-point shot, and they wind up losing this game by 10. It's it's almost as if they're, they're picking the wrong nights yeah. to do certain things well. And if you just look at these last couple of weeks, again, their best two games on the road in electric environments, uh, Portland and Salt Lake City, those are two of the best buildings in terms of environment in the NBA, playing against – Uh, a a team in Utah that was a playoff team a year ago that they've had some battles with the last couple of years, and then Portland, a team that hasn't been a good team this season but was just in the conference finals against the Warriors and still has what I call name-brand talent on the roster in Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and even Carmelo Anthony, the Warriors' effort and intensity and focus much better in those games. It's time to start bringing that against the teams that aren't winning. Well, the Pelicans
2: even though they are as I mentioned 7 and 22, they got talent. Drew Holiday, and I had missed the reports, well, Mark Stein. I don't know if it's really report, Mark Stein on Twitter saying that the Pelicans may deal Drew Holiday. I had missed that. I that stunned me cuz he's a really good player. They have Brandon Ingram. Uh they've lost some close games. Their coach Alvin Gentry, um his job may be in jeopardy here and of course they're hoping to have Zion Williamson back. At some point, but that's also a talented team. So um, if the Warriors, I can't imagine that they'd take anybody lightly right now when they're five and twenty-four. Right? There's no way the Warriors going to take anybody lightly.
1: No, but I think there is, there has been the human nature of playing up to the environment or playing up to the to to the opponent. It's just human nature. That's how you get down twenty to the Knicks. Well, the Knicks come in hungry, that's how you get beat and it's ugly against Memphis. You you know, you had a Sacramento team that does have some talented pieces and technically right now would be a playoff team, but but that's the kind of game where if you you know, you have an effort similar to tonight, you you'd hang in that game or maybe even beat them because they turned it over 29 times. Like the Kings were begging to get beat on Sunday and the Warriors just had nothing for them. When the Warriors um have very little that people expect from a
2: from them in a given contest. When expectations are low, they play well, right? Yeah. Now, it's a home game against a lesser team, and we're starting to think, wow, okay, here we go. They seem to fall flat. So the less we expect them to do, the more they produce.
1: John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We got the call of the game coming up. We're also going to hear from Glenn Robinson the Third coming up as well. Uh, it's the Warriors losing tonight to the Blazers, 122-112. to You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game.
0: Warriors wrap up continues on ninety five seven. The game.
1: John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Warriors lose tonight to the Blazers, one twenty two to one twelve, up in Portland. The Warriors now just one more road game to go in the calendar year two thousand and nineteen, and it's on New Year's Eve. Not another road game for what would amount to what thirteen days. Uh, as the Is that Warriors against the Spurs against the Spurs in San Antonio, part of a two game roadie where the Dubs will be in San Antonio, and then they love, for whatever reason, going from San Antonio to Minnesota. It Mm -hmm. seems like uh, those two are always linked together uh, on the schedule, uh, occasionally even on a back-to-back, although there is the New Year's Day holiday in between those two games.
2: Well, I think anytime the Warriors are playing Minnesota this year with D'Angelo Russell involved, I think there's a lot of intrigue. He had the big night against them earlier this year, and with all the talk about Minnesota really wanted him and – maybe the Warriors of Minnesota, maybe they can work something out and how it was kind of awkward the way the Timberwolves during the summer, they had this big elaborate free agent pitch, and in the middle of it they found out that he was going to the Warriors and that kind of put a damper on the whole thing. I think that adds a lot of intrigue to any Timberwolves-Warriors matchup this year. So looking forward to Monday night.
1: Yeah, Monday night, and then uh, in short order, they'll be in Minneapolis for the first game of – 2020. Somebody that that could be around for the Warriors in 2020 is Glenn Robinson III, who came out smoking from three-point range uh, in the ballgame tonight as GR3 winds up knocking down five three-pointers. He hit three of them in the first quarter where he scored nine points, finished with 17, and here's Glenn Robinson III after the ballgame.
4: Thought we played, uh, tried to play the right way. We had 20 uh, some assists. Uh, try to take care of the ball. So um, I think it's a uh, down the stretch, a couple of little things that we could correct. Um, we are gonna watch the film and try to get better. But I, I like the energy. I like the way we play. That's something that's reoccurring for you guys. It's like play well enough, but the frustrated. Just. Doesn't. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, as we start to get guys back, as we um, continue to kind of build um, each of our roles, I think that that's going to be important down the stretch is just uh, getting good shots. You know, I thought uh, the last five minutes, it was a couple shot, a couple possessions where we didn't get, um, you know, a play called or we didn't get settled down enough to uh, to get a good shot. But I think that those things, I just feel, and it'll keep coming. Oh great! Um, for the game, my my trainer always sends Ooh. me some clips, and uh, he sent me some clips from from Clay. You know, I, we always talk about uh, the way that Clay Clay shoots on the right side, uh, get the ball up with arc, and uh, he's he's always you know a right side guy. Uh, so I think that just looking at those it, it helped me today. You know, obviously Steph has playing this year but being around him, uh, he picked up to- yeah, yeah, um, learning from them every day, you know, with those with those guys being around um, every home game. You know, Clay's right there on the bench, and I'm asking him questions, and um, same with Steph when he's around. So uh, those guys are important, still part of the team, and um, I think that they, they do a good job. You know, I
1: think at times, Whitey, uh, you know, we get caught up because this has been such a poor season with the one loss record for the Warriors, and, and, and we get caught a little in the minutia of, oh, could this guy fit? Could that guy fit? And I think in some ways we try to find a, a niche and a role for everybody that, that's on this roster, which unfortunately you know, for those players is not going to be the case. I think a good portion of the the players on this Warriors roster right now will not be members of the Golden State Warriors next year. But Glenn Robinson the third is one that I actually do think is going to be around next year and, and really could carve out some semblance of a role. You could
2: argue that he's been overall their most consistent and productive player. He's been very good defensively. His three-point shooting numbers are up, and he has a player option for next year. So unless the Warriors decide to deal him, it could be up to him. Same situation as Willie Cauley-Stein is in. So right now I think the Warriors have to be thrilled with what they've seen from Glenn Robinson the third, and a guy who can defend and a guy who can make threes. There's always going to be a role. Uh, uh, even on a good team for somebody like that well
1: and he's just somebody they need his they need his position they need his body type you know they, they need somebody that could play that that three spot you know that that and and now maybe it's a two three or a three two i don't know but but they need somebody that can fill that fill that role and and he is someone i think you know him and pascal are the two for sures to me right now or at least the two most sure thing you know moving Forward toward next year, I'd even put him in a category above uh, a guy like D'Angelo Russell and, and others like Burks and Chris and and Cauley Stein. And if he and, plays like this, absolutely. Yeah. So I again, we try and find a role. I think at times just because we're looking for things, uh, but I, I think Glenn That's Roberts. What this year's about right? Glenn Robinson III is somebody that that would fit uh, in my book. Let's get to uh, the call of the game.
0: Robinson rotates over to Damian Lee, who's back out there. The calling style. the lead, Pogo's jumper, no good. Tip by Spellman, it oh. went up and in. He went jumping by and tipped it up and in with his left hand. That was, incredible that was an incredible follow-up. incredible tip.
1: All right, so know the call of the game tomorrow. Listen to Joe Jolo and Dibs here on 95.7 The Game at 9.30. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you'll win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant. At 240 Front Street in San Francisco, the call of the game brought to you by Metro, by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. Uh, quick look at the reverse standings here in our final minute, Whitey. Uh, and uh, it, Warriors getting a little bit of help uh, in those reverse standings as well as what you had Uh, The Knicks picked up a a win last night. You had a couple of other teams uh, that have found their way uh, into seventh wins. Uh, Cleveland got a win tonight. Uh, Atlanta still struggling mightily. The Wizards got their eighth victory, and, of course, the Pelicans – Snap their long losing streak to improve to 7-22. So the Warriors now two games clear in the loss column of everybody else as far as those reverse standings go. And you're telling me that's a good thing, huh? Okay. Well, it gives you the best chance. All right. Look, and this year is all about setting up next year. And if it's all about setting up next year, where you stand in those, in those reverse standings, at least being in that bottom three, Uh, is something of importance all right that's going to do it for us we will be back on friday from chase center first of a five-game homestand thanks to alex thanks to ryan thanks to cody Uh, that's going to do it for us we'll be back and talk to you on friday the warriors lose tonight to the blazers blazers beat the dubs 122 to 112 you heard it right here on 95.7 the game good night
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news